Okay, so last year they did something pretty cool. They went out way early and planted stuff like when all the neighbors then did the drive-by and said, Oh, crazy fools, look at that. Well, anyway, they're doing it again. Welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. More than just a podcast, it's the place for insights and information you can apply immediately to your farming operation for increased success. This episode of Cutting the Curve is brought to you by Ag Explorer with innovative products that improve fertilizer efficiency, protect yield potential, and reduce stress. Ag Explorer helps growers maximize field potential. Find out how Ag Explorer can help you get more out of your crop at agexplorer.com. And now, here's your host, Damian Mason. Hey there, welcome to Extreme Ag's Cutting the Curve. We got a great topic today. We're talking about how early is too early the matt and lane miles experiment last year they did it with just soybeans this year they did it with corn and soybeans they did it at third week of february now they are in the delta region of arkansas that's southeast arkansas things are probably a little different there than where you farm but the point is can you extrapolate a lesson from what they've seen done and learned and apply it to your farming operation uh guys Kind of a cool deal. The reason you did it last year was you wanted to get three crops. We think it's pretty cool when we can double crop. You do a lot of that down in your area. You know, certainly, it's a harder task in North Dakota to double crop. They have crop and then snow. You did it to get three crops. Did it work last year? Tell us about last year's experiment and then what you applied from last year's experiment to this experiment. And by the way, dear listener, if you're driving down the road, I got Matt Miles and Lane Miles on here, uh, father-son team, and you're going to learn a lot. So go ahead. Last year's experiment and then bring me to this year. Well, last year's experiment was kind of a progressive experiment. So we started with a February bean field uh, just to see how early is too early. Then we noticed middle of the year, hey, we, we can actually cut this soybeans, these soybeans and plant another crop. So when we decided to do that, then we thought, well, if we can get these the next crop of soybeans off. So double cropping for us is wheat and beans. Wheat being grown in the winter and, you know, we, we harvest it around June and then we, we've got time to replant beans. We plant these beans July 31st, the second crop, just to see if we could do it. And after that, we started seeing that, well, if we can get this bean crop off, by November 15th, we could get a wheat crop in. So it was a progressive, it started out as an early trial for soybeans and ended up with trying to get a triple crop on, on you know, three three crops on one acre. So, so the idea of getting three crops was harvest the wheat as early as possible, which in your case would be usually June something. Yeah. Well, June. we started with soybeans. So we started in February with soybeans. Yep. Then again in July, and then we started with the with the wheat at the last week of October. So okay. we'll cut that. We'll it's actually going to be harvested in the second year, but it was planted in the first year. Yeah, yeah. So no, you don't get three harvests in one calendar year, but you're utilizing one calendar year to do three things, with two harvests being in that same calendar year. Yeah, it basically would be five crops in two years. There you go. So that's a better way of looking at it. So to call it triple crop, it'd probably be more better to call it a two and a half crop on a two-year thing. So five crop, five harvests in two yeah. years' time. So last year, the, the numbers, are the dates again were roughly what? Uh, we started around the 20, probably 20, right, right around the same time, 18th February, of, 18th. February 18th last year. This okay, year you put soybeans in the ground February 18th. It's still in that part of the world on a normal year, 50 for the high february 18th yeah probably oh so 
Okay. And so your soil temperature is sitting there around 40s? Yeah, mid-40s to, to low low 50s, you know, okay. somewhere in the range. And, right. and what was so much different from last year than this year? So so this past year was definitely a success. Uh, we made over a little, we made about 120 bushel off of both of those two soybean crops when you combine them together. Uh, the ROI was huge. Of course, soybeans price was huge too. So that made a big difference. 79 on the first year, 41, I think, or 42 on the second year. The difference in last year with the soil temps and in this year, what, what kind of hurt us this year is last year we planted them, it took 25 to 30 days for the beans to emerge. So during a bunch of that hard hard weather, snow, freezing, rain, you know, low temperatures, those beans were still under the ground. So they were still a little warmer than what the air was. They were protected from a lot of the frost and the snow because they were still on the ground. They were actually growing on the ground pretty good, the root system. This year, so 25 to 30 days for that crop to emerge. This year, same crop, nine days. So we went into a really warm window when we planted it. And, and, I, and I thought that when we did that, I, you know, somebody said, man, that's awesome. They come up nine days. I said, mm, it's not going to be awesome if, you know, 20 days from now we get some really harsh weather, which is exactly what happened. Okay, so this year... February 22nd is when you begin planting on the beans and corn. And so you, you decided to put corn. Let's stick with beans this for this right in a second. So you're putting beans in, and this year was more ideal conditions. Your soil temperature was better. Your your ambient air conditions were better. And you, you were feeling better about it this year. Mm, I was a little scared that they were going to come up too quick. It's <clears> exactly <throat> what they've done. Now, had we not got... We, so we got four or five pretty rough days right of four three the last three the second day of the last three we were still in really good shape that third day the temperature got below freezing for nine hours and got down to a low of 27 and the majority of the field just couldn't take it i mean it just it just couldn't take it. okay so let's go with which crop it's it's my assertion that soybeans can handle being um, abused better than corn. Is that Lane? Uh, that that's going with that's going with with my experience. Lane, did the soybeans wear fare better with being abused than the corn? Actually, no. Um, and, and you know, we we kind of thought the same thing. So during that, like that real hard freeze, I mean, the soybeans, obviously they didn't make it um, for the majority of it. Now we did have a few that around the tree line that I'm gonna say what out of a 25 acre field, maybe eight acres, nine yeah. acres, something like that, that actually looked pretty good. If we could figure out a way to keep, kept them, we, we would have had, but it just didn't work. Uh, with the corn, you know, it froze, it froze, it frosted off, it come back, growing point was still under the ground. When it came back, it was real buggy whips, real weak looking. And we had some, we had a lot of stalks that looked pretty good. We had a lot of stalks that were what we would call runs. I mean, they just, they came back, but they, they, they wouldn't have been, they didn't look very good. Uh, so we went in, it, it was a 40 acre, 45 acre field. And we ended up, terminating about 30 acres of it, keeping 15 acres of it to see just how bad it either was or wasn't, you know, whether or not it's going to be good or bad. 
And, so and Termin that, Terminate, you just went and sprayed it off, but you said we're going to keep these 15 acres as an experiment to see what the yield drag is because the corn's going to make it. But if you lost one, I mean, is the projection, you know, you talk about runs, but then also you got some that probably just went away. So do you lose 20% of what you planted? Well, we had, we had 28, about 28. So we went out and really researched this last week. And, you know, and and I'll back to what you said originally. So that, you know, I put all this on, on Facebook, social media, so people can keep up with what we're doing. Yeah. And the consensus was, prior to the frost or during the frost or during the freeze, I shouldn't say frost, frost would have been fine. Freeze, it smoked us. The consensus was the beans would live and the corn wouldn't. And exactly what you think, Damon. And before it was over with, it was opposite. The corn actually, which all of it, the corn frosted the ground completely looked dead, 100% brown leaves, you know, all that foliage was gone, but it came back. But as like what Lane was talking about, we 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 did stand counts and we were somewhere around that twenty eight thousand. We planted thirty five thousand, <clears throat> but of that twenty eight thousand, about eight thousand of those, excuse me, were either runts, as Lane says, buggy whipped, or basically didn't come up hardly at all. I mean, there was hardly nothing left of it. So another big consensus on the on my post was. Man, is there any way you can can terminate some of this and 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 plant at a normal time and see what the yield drag is going to be? And my boy, I was hoping I didn't have to do that. I mean, it's right on the highway, people driving by, we look crazy or stupid or whatever people call us already. And then now we're out there last week spraying a chemical on there to desiccate the corn, kill the corn, so we replant it. So yeah, the plan is because you already had the fertility kind of going, you're going to replant corn into that. And then have you already done that? No, we actually started raining. We hadn't had, we got, we got the, the crop terminated. See, what you don't want to do is go in there and just like, you can't plant over the top of it because it's corn. If it's soybeans, you could go in there and do whatever you wanted to. But with corn, it's real finicky on stand is facing. Yeah. So we had to go in there and kill that. Well, we got that done late Saturday night and then it rained Sunday and then it's pretty much rained all week. So our test now is going to more be like February 22nd corn versus April 15th corn. Yeah. So it's actually going to be real er ultra early against almost what we would call late corn here. Yeah. So that's the thing, by the way, we're recording this because you're, if you're trying to run the dates in your head, it's April 6th while we're recording this. So we're talking about about six weeks since the first planting. And now the second planting isn't even done on corn. What's the story on the soybeans? You got rid of, basically you told me two thirds of the field of corn wasn't going to make it, wasn't going to. And so it's terminated. So you're going to keep about 15 acres as an experiment because it looked like it was there. And you're going to then trial that and say, okay, this February, <clears throat> this February planted corn uh, have a chance. <clears throat> By the way, if the goal was to get two and a half crops a season, five five harvests every two years with a soybean wheat thing, what was the motivation to go out third week of February and plant corn knowing that the conditions weren't ideal? What was the motivation there? You want to answer that or you want me to answer that? Yeah, Lane, Lane you answer. I want to know what Lane's motivation is. Lane's saying, God, what the hell? What the hell? Because, because, we, want it, because we can. I mean, our motivation for the whole thing, I mean, it, it's, it's, 
it's basically research. I mean, we, we were, we did it last year and kind of got told it wasn't going to happen. It couldn't have be, it couldn't be done. And I mean, you might as well, you tell him it can't be done. You might as well slap him in the mouth. Uh, I mean, our motivation for the whole thing is just see, see how early is too early. If it can be done or if it can't be done. Well, man, my motivation was repetitiveness. So it, you know, and and I said this all last year, the stars lined up perfectly for everything we done last year to make it work. And so we needed to see, the public needed to see, not so, just us. I mean, we're doing this with our pocketbook, but we're doing this for the whole ad community. Yeah. And and so can it be re repetitive? That was the thing. So that's why we did it. The, my motivation this year was to see if we could do it again. And number two, could we do corn? we also do corn we've we've planted corn in february before had it frost off february 17th it's been several years ago it actually yielded better the same and a little bit better than some of the later planted corn now wait so, that's something that most people uh, certainly the corn the corn aficionados are saying wait 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 you get you planted it earlier than you and you knew you should have it frosted off you didn't replant and it still came in and did as well or better than the rest of your normal normal times, as you will, planted stuff. Yep. Hmm. Do you it, think that's all on the board? I mean, that's why we did it again. You know, I don't get me wrong. I didn't want to replant. I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to, the other day. I told Lane. I said, "All we've done is caused ourselves some trouble." So we had to move a spray boom that we hadn't used in several years because it had a tank on the spray boom. Everything else was busy doing other things. We got to go kill this 30 acres of corn 25 miles from where we're planting. You know, how stupid is that? And have to get all that done on a Saturday afternoon. You know, so it's a lot of trouble, but man, the research we'll get out of that this year. What yeah. if that April corn makes 25 bushel better? Or what if the February corn is within three or four bushel? If it's within three or four bushel, then you got to stop and say, okay, does this help our efficiency on equipment, our dryer? You know, so there's a lot of variables going there, win or lose. So we almost needed to lose this year to see. And on the soybeans, we'd have loved to kept them because I really think they would have yielded as good as what we replanted. But it was a third of the row. So it wasn't like we go in there. It wasn't like, you know, a set of rows that all lived against the tree line and then the rest of the field didn't. It was it was opposite. So either like we, a half moon. We just got to keep pick up in the middle of the field and with fur irrigation, that don't work well. So we just ended up terminating the whole thing. So let's go back to the corn thing. Um, I'm thinking here the, the takeaway is if it works, we know then that we can push the envelope. So that's something right there because the conventional wisdom was there's certain things you just can't do, you know, whatever. You, I think there used to be a thing. You're not supposed to plant corn into soil temperatures that are below like 58 or something like that. I think, is that, am I right about that? Like there was this conventional wisdom, which sometimes we toss conventional wisdom out. Why? Well, we got better traits, we got better hybrids, we got better equipment, better inputs, whatever. One of the other things was if it worked, now, instead of having to pay your guys overtime when it's go time to work 14-hour days, maybe you can have eight-hour work days longer starting in the spring, and, and also it gives you, from, from a timing standpoint, that's one of the benefits or one of the reasons you experiment with it, right? Yeah, we give up. We, we know that, I mean, it, it, all right, so my dad used to say this, and he's passed. He always said, if I could plant my cotton... All in one day, I'd plant it May the 10th. 
but I can't plant my cotton all in one day. So I start April the 20th. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing with, with the corn. If we could plant it all in one day, why, why, why risk that? But it, it's a, it's a risk reward based on equipment efficiency. Another thing too, and, and that's why this thing's got to go to the end. So we may get out there in, in August and cut that early corn and lose 10 bushel. But then two weeks later, we get a big hurricane comes up through the Gulf and that later corn's all laying on the ground. Then where are we at? You know, so there's a lot of, there's a lot of variables that go into this. You're talking about, you're talking about getting, I mean, talking about now length of season, you're talking about if you start early enough, maybe you protect yourself from natural disaster on the back end of the season. Yeah, Which is something that people in where I'm from, you know, the average the average Ohio farmer doesn't have to think about, the average Indiana farmer doesn't have to think about in where you are. There's a chance that when you get to October, a system brews out of the south and comes and blows the hell out of McGee, Arkansas. Yeah. And it's done it. It's done it. I mean, I would say out of 10 years, it's probably done it three, you know, mm -hmm. maybe four at times if you're if you're especially if you're super late. So our goal is in as early and out as early as we can. Two years ago, there was fifteen. Was it fifteen or twenty named storms that were in the Gulf of some sort? And I think we got three of them. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. you, you take rice for example. <clears throat> we can cut about sixty to seventy acres of rice per machine in in good standing rice. We had two hurricanes come in back to back. We were cutting twelve to twenty two acres a day. Yes. Yeah, yeah, so you you just lost you just lost one you just lost seventy five percent of uh, of harvest capacity. Hey, Lane, I got a question for you, and then I want to talk about beans. It's one thing for some young person like you to be out here uh, throwing caution to the wind and doing a bunch of dumbass stuff. Your old man should know better. Why is he doing this? Why is he out here doing this crazy stuff? Okay, we just talked about it. Does it impress you that your old man is his age and he's still out here uh, pushing the window on stuff like this? Yeah, I, and, and I've said that time and time again. So, you know, you always, as, as a person gets older, they they start to try to what you would, I guess you would say, slow down and, and just become more cautious, become more cautious. Right. And, and one thing he does good about and, and really everybody in Extreme Ag is why Extreme Ag was designed is, is they're not in a rut. They're still looking to think outside the box and can you do more? He may, he may only have. 20 crops left but can he if, if there's not but five left can he make the five the best five he's ever had on the soybean i i think that's true too that's why i thought this is a fun topic to cover all right well, the soybean then they didn't they didn't uh get froze off or whatever so your prognosis on the soybeans that you went in the third week of february uh what's your thought on that where will they end up the February beans. Yep, they're dead. They're here. They're history. They're okay, history. so there's not. They're not. You didn't even keep a little bit back. You didn't. You didn't keep anything. You didn't even keep one third just to see if somehow because they didn't even nothing made it. Well, the the what made it would in fur irrigation everything's got to be in a straight line, and and what what happened is around that tree line it was basically like a half moon that kind of went out in the field, and it didn't it didn't work. It, it would have made it. The configuration of the field made it where we couldn't, we could have kept some, but it'd been a lot of trouble. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> okay. So that one was one cut your losses. You can just say, all right, this is not, this isn't even enough. It's not even enough to make it a legit experiment. No. 
it was just going to be too hard to make it a legit experiment. We were able to do that with the corn, but absolutely, we're going to do it again next year. <clears throat> so, yeah. of the two experiments on soybeans, this year complete failure. But as Chad, as our buddy Chad Henry says, there's no such thing as a failure. There's just an experiment that didn't pan out. Right. Um, last year's early beans did work out. Yes, that's right. We're okay. 50 right now. Yeah. All right. Now, here's the thing. The next person is going to say, hey, that's cool for these guys. Uh, but you know what? I'm concerned about the economics of this. Are you really out that much? I mean, you didn't do it on any large scale. Your soybean experiment, it was, it didn't work. It was on 40 acres. If you watch any video that's been done that we've done on, you know, and, and put on Facebook or anything we've done, it, it's all been very much noted and stressed that this was on small acreage. Yeah. And it was not something that would go break the bank. Yeah. Uh, looking ahead, what did you, what are you going to do? And this is how we'll wrap it up here. What will you do different on your early planting experiments? So are there going to be another crop that you're going to do it with? Is there going to be a different system? Will you back off on any of the stuff you did this time? What's going to, what will the next spring's early planting experiment look like? You going to answer that or you want me to? All right, Lane, Lane, Matt, I don't care either. Well, it, I mean, you're, you're, you're making me have to really think now. I will probably pay a little more attention to the 30-day forecast and the 15-day forecast as far as what, what got us in a bind. If they would have come up a week, 10 days later, like they did the year before, we'd be fine. We'd be golden. We'd be sitting here talking about our February bean crop. Yep. What happened to us is we got too good a weather right after we planted them. So <laughs> it kind of sounds crazy, but we're almost going to have to hope for a pretty rough pattern to keep them from emerging, if that makes sense. Yeah. And and that's, that most people would say, well, wait a minute, great weather after planting is good. The thing is, then they got up and then you had that, it's almost like a false spring, right? You had like a false spring and then you got whacked with your last dose of winter and then it it put the kibosh on the crop. Okay. And, and what I think, in all honesty, and, I, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, We've put, you know, used to our, our target date to plant soybeans was April the 15th. That's when we thought, man, we can go out there then. We've actually moved that back 30 days. Yeah. So I don't have, we planted 60% of our beans this year in March. Yeah. That, we don't, that's never been an issue. Yeah. So, you know, February is just something out there to play with. But we have moved our planting date up 30 days in the last five years. And I think I, I think that's a no-brainer in my opinion. So yeah, and by the way, you you did that, and again, it spread out your labor, it spread out your utilization of equipment. You're not having to go 150 miles an hour on uh, one day. You got you got that, and it hasn't burned your yield. Or like you said, the the earliest soybean, maybe you burned a bushel on that, but you, like your old man said, you you can't do you can't plant your entire farm on May 10th. Yeah. So that's the big takeaway there. So next year you're going to hope for the weather. Is there anything else, Lane, your old, your dad answered that. Is there anything else besides the weather that you're going to look at next year in your early, early planning experiment? I, I mean, just as far as see if we can make it work again. I mean, it's. The inputs weren't the problem. 
the seed wasn't the problem. The way you did it, the population, the the planting, spacing, none of that was a problem. It just was weather. Just was weather. Yeah. We had the coolest 28 acres of soybeans, healthiest, prettiest, biggest soybeans. And by March the 1st, probably, Yeah. that that I've ever seen, it was the coolest thing in the world. And it, But you cannot predict a false spring. No. Daggum groundhog didn't do his job. <laughs> All right. That's Matt and Miles and Lane Miles talking about early planting experiments. If you want to see more, they did a great job of documenting this on the Facebook page for Extreme Ag. We're always experimenting with stuff here, and these guys pushed the envelope a little bit. And stay tuned on that, that one-third of the corn experiment to see what they can report back on that. Soybeans, you already heard was a loss. Till next time. I'm David Mason, and this is Extreme Ag Thanks for listening to another edition of Cutting the Curve. For more insights and information that you can apply to your farming operation, visit ExtremeAg.farm. Are your crops stressed out? Ag Explorer has you covered with a full line of products designed to reduce crop stress and improve yields. Check out agexplore.com and start protecting your yields and profits.